This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. This is Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. It's time to awaken an entire nation. I'll be a dog till I die. Between the hedges, look it fly. 90,000 in the stands, I'm going to do my dance, make it look fine. Coach, put me in the game. UGA, yeah, the name. Yeah, the offense going to turn up, but the defense going to win us the game. Here's your host, Corey Burton. All right, welcome in. It is Friday here on the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Corey Burton. We got a great show lined up. It's Tennessee week, week three of the SEC. Uh, Joining me, as always, from uh, he just got done with his stint at Top Gun, uh, getting ready for uh, (laughs) hopefully, hopefully his team is getting healthy. He's coming to you from Valdosta, Israel Troop. What's up, man? What's going on, crowd? What's going on? Not a whole lot, man. Just uh, just got a very special guest coming on. Uh, fresh new podcast. Uh, he's two episodes deep now, looking uh, looking for episode three. His name is Kyler Kirbyson. He is representing the Believe in Vols podcast. Kyler, how you doing, man? Tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, thank you guys for having me on. Uh, I'm a former uh, Tennessee offensive lineman, played from 2011 to 2015, and I uh, live in Nashville now, and um, yeah, just starting out with the podcast all about Tennessee football and really enjoying it. Man, you're like a home run uh, for uh, for Believe, man. You got some experience. We were talking off air, and you're a former player. Maybe you get one of your teammates in. Maybe we can, uh, you know, maybe grow this show, but, uh, you know, give him a listen. Give him a shout, um, and uh, that's Believe in Vols. So uh, this show is brought to you by betonline.ag. Guys, the wait is finally over. I mean, we're in week three, so uh, the wait is definitely over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Uh, maybe can't bet on the Titans for a while, but uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, a lot of great futures, total spray, game spreads, things like that. We will pick on the spread this week. Um, so, what what are we thinking, uh, Kyler? Are you much of a better? Do you do you get on any, any of the action? Um, I, I'm not, uh, much, but I have been trying to get more into it just because of what I'm doing. And I know people want to hear about it. So, uh, I have been, I have been starting to look at spreads and starting to understand exactly what they mean. Cause when you first start, it's very confusing. Um, <laughs> but, oh, yeah. uh, yeah, yeah. I, I started to look at them more and, and, and can kind of pick up what's going on. 
Trust me, when I first started doing this, it was, do you want to over or under? I said, no, I want to pick who wins or who loses. That that yeah, makes more sense yeah. to me. Yeah, exactly. You know, so now that I've been doing this, it's like, okay, I got the over or under. Now, that, it makes more sense to me now because I'm more of a straight-up guy. Who's winning and who's losing? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, um, I, I totally I've been so agree. used to that as well, and these, these point spreads are killing me. So I've been telling people, uh, whatever I pick, just fade it and go opposite. So a um, <laughs> couple interesting spreads outside of the SEC, uh, Clemson-Miami. Uh, Clemson is a 14-point favorite. I'm thinking I'm thinking I'm going with uh, – I think I might go Miami to cover that. Uh, the over-under is 63. I'm definitely taking the over on that. What do you guys think about that spread? I'm taking Miami in that one. I think that defense is going to be pretty good. Really, all you got to do is shut down three people. Um they, they got a great one out wide, and the ETN is a real, is the real deal. And you, you always got Trevor Lawrence. So, I mean, I think I'm, I think I'm gonna take Miami. I like their defense, and um, I think they can hold their own on offense. Yeah, I mean, I I would agree. Uh, you know, Miami's strength is their defense, so it doesn't bode well for Clemson. And then also, Clemson beat Virginia by 18. So you're telling me that it's only you know that Miami's only four points better than Virginia yeah. I don't believe that I think they're a lot better than Virginia so I think it'll be a closer game than that probably I still think Clemson will win just I mean like you said ETN is ridiculous at running back and um their offense is always humming always um but I think it'll be more like a seven point game than 14. Yeah Miami so. have you seen the new turnover chain oh my god that thing is- <laughs> I don't know I don't know who their jeweler is down there, but that thing is that thing's nice now. Yeah, be a nice. Yeah, where are they getting that money? Where are they getting that money from to pay for those big ass chains? I I feel like I feel like you have back problems when you put that thing on. But no uh, kidding. A couple other spreads: Uh, the Texas Oklahoma. It's pretty much a pick 'em at two at minus two and a half. Uh, Oklahoma's favored. Uh, The over under is interesting on this one. It's seventy two. Oh. this is the battle of the – this is the disappointment bowl right here. Uh, two teams that you were hoping that would do big things but have uh, completely fell apart, especially Oklahoma losing two in a row for the first time, I think, since 1999, since I was a freshman in high school. I'm telling you, Oklahoma in the second half is looking rough. They can't stop mm-hmm. a nosebleed sometimes. Um, and then, you know, you got a freshman out there that's trying to make plays at the end and try to bring his team back, and that's a lot on the shoulders. I think eventually he'll get it done, but you can't put him in those situations at the end of the game. No. I mean, he's treating he's treating Rattler like he was treating Kyler Murray, you know, or yeah. Jalen Hurts or Baker Mayfield. You know, you got these experienced guys, these transfers, and now you're asking Rattler to do the same things as a freshman. That's just not going to work. No, yeah, not at all. He's not the same player as those guys at all. And, you know, prototypical uh, Big 12 teams, great offenses, no defense. And just letting people score all over the place. I'm sure uh, Fox is pretty upset that they're uh, high-ranked teams. They thought they were going to have a good game this week. And now with uh, all their losses, it's like, uh, I don't know about this. Well, it, it is I definitely mean, the, the Red River shootout, to say the least. The over yeah. 72, so they might have an interesting one. It might not be uh, might not be good on paper, but when you watch it and Gus Johnson's calling it, it might be pretty good. So, yeah, uh, Gus Johnson does a really good job. Actually, he he makes it he makes any game sound really interesting. So I mean, I would yes, watch Rutgers Northwestern if he was broadcasting it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. His inflection is out of this world. Honestly, dude's a pro man. man. Yes, he is. So from game spreads and totals to team and player coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. 
There's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Again, uh, if you want, you follow the show. Follow us at Believe in Dogs on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, Kyler, where, where, where can find your show? Have you Do you have a show Twitter yet, uh, or are you still working off personal? Yeah, still working off personal. Um, I have links in all my bios, so just Kyler Kerbison on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook. Um, and I'm on Spotify, Apple Pod, anywhere you can find podcasts. Just check Absolutely. me out. Yeah, find us. Find us, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll give you all the SEC information. So, uh, Israel, remind, in case we get any new ears, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me at Troopstar28 on Twitter and Instagram. Um, I try to keep everything the same because I'll forget my password or something like that, my username. So everything's pretty much the same uh, for my social media. It's Troopstar28 on Instagram and on Twitter. Yeah, and I'm Coach Burton36. That's my personal uh, Twitter, Burton.Corey at, uh, on, on Instagram. And, of course, you can find me, Corey Burton, on Facebook. So please feel free. Give us feedback. Let us know. Rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Anywhere you find your podcast, check us out. Check out Believe in the Vols as well with uh, with Kyler. So, uh, Kyler, we got you here. It is, uh, you know, it, it is a Friday show. Big game tomorrow. Uh, you know, part of the headlines is going to be this weather. Is that going to play a factor in this game, do you think? I don't know what the always the big thing about weather is the offense being able to you know do what they want to do and both of our offenses are run centric uh so I don't think you know weather's going to get in the way at all running the ball you can run the ball in whatever weather you want so uh I think it's I think it's not going to get in the way and I as it is every year this game is going to be a three-point game most likely and come down to the last two minutes of the fourth quarter. Yeah, I think so too. And uh, our our game actually, uh, my high school game got moved to tonight. We play tonight now, a big important region match because of the weather that's coming in tomorrow and Saturday. So uh, we're we're batting down. We we've moved it. So uh, we're we're rocking and rolling, man. We, apparently, we don't need any practice. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we go this. We go next Friday, the following Friday, and the following Tuesday to make up our game. So trust me, we're we're back to back. We're rolling. So Israel, uh, you know, with the passing offense in the rain, uh, I think there was a few games you played that was like monsoon. I think Arizona, I think Arizona yeah. State when they came in two thousand nine, that was a mess of, of a game. Like, how, how does the passing game work in that in those kind of conditions? Does, does it is it actually more conducive because there's less of a pass rush? I mean, how does it work? Um, I think as long as you got a constant rotation of balls, um, you can you can stay on track with what you want to do passing wise. But it also takes away. Uh, the passing effect, obviously, because it's raining, um, just a little bit more slick. You know, guys getting in and out of break. So I think you just got to stay on track. Um, don't don't deviate from your game plan and uh, take shots when you can. Gotcha. And uh, yeah, I think that'll. I mean, you know, unless it's completely like like Georgia Kentucky last year, uh, I think it'll be. I think it'll be fine in, in the passing game. I mean, both quarterbacks do a good job of taking care of the ball uh, lately, and uh, so we'll, we'll see some good stuff out of that. So. You know the the big I guess the big matchup uh, with this game is going to be Tennessee's O line. Uh, they bring in Trey Smith, of course. Cade Mays is now eligible. Wanya Morris is is starting to emerge on that offensive line. You're start probably uh, I would consider the most stellar group 
up front that we that Georgia's defense will face all year long. Maybe Bama, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Tennessee might be better than Bama on the offensive line. Uh, what what is what's so, what's special about this O line group? What's so, what? Uh, how can Tennessee hurt us in in the run game? And Georgia's got a pretty stellar run defense. So how how are they going to hurt us? Yeah. So uh, with Tennessee's offensive line, it's a huge difference from a couple years ago. We only had one guy that was over three hundred pounds. Now every single one of them is. Uh, they're big big dudes. Uh, and, and with the run game, they're not asked a lot to pull to the outside. It's not sweet plays or tosses. It's downhill inside zone. That's the play we run the most. Uh, and it really goes to our strength is get some double teams on the defensive linemen, uh, be able to get up to the next level. Um, you know, we've had a lot of success moving the line of scrimmage. It, you know, if you can move it two yards back, you're most likely going to get that four-yard gain and then maybe more that you might need. Um, and like you said, this is the first real test that Georgia has had, their defense has had, versus a, a running team. I mean, last week with Auburn, their starting running back ran the ball eight times. You know, they're trying to get Bo Nix to run it more, which is mm-hmm. not probably not a good idea versus that no. defense. <laughs> and then Arkansas, they there's two running backs ran the ball 17 times um so i i think uh i think this will be a real test for georgia's d-line D um you know i have all the confidence in the world as a former ut offensive lineman that uh we can win this game off of the shoulders of our offensive line yeah i mean that 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 goes without saying i mean you have two talented backs too you know with uh, chandler and, and eric gray uh, I think those are two formidable guys that – I mean, I don't know if they're home run hitters per se. I don't know if they're like the Alvin Kamara-Jalen Hurd combo that you guys had years ago, but yeah. uh, they are definitely productive, uh productive crew. So, Israel, what do you see with uh, with this with this matchup up front? Man, I like he said, I think if, if Tennessee can get going downhill against our defense, we're going to be in trouble all night. Um, it's, it's can we stand our ground up front uh, when across the board or 300 pounds, you know, it's going to be – basically our line playing against our D-line every day. Um, mm-hmm. So um, if they get going downhill, I mean, it's, it's going to be tough sledding for us uh, defensively up front. But if we can get them going side to side, make them more run, run more outside zone, uh, make them start running some power and some counter and stuff, I think, I think we're going to be fine. But if, if they get a body on the body, it's like you said, start getting, getting two yards pushed, four yards a pop, I mean, it's going to be a long night for our guys up front. And when you talk about familiarity with uh, with coaching staffs, I mean, you had it with Sam Pittman uh, two weeks ago when when uh, when Georgia went to Fayetteville. Uh, you have it even more so now coming into Knoxville with Jim Chaney knowing Kirby, Kirby knowing what Jim Chaney likes to do, vice versa. You know, there's a whole lot more familiarity with this matchup than any matchup on Georgia's schedule. Maybe Alabama comes in second on that, but as, as far as being able to understand what the philosophy is for this Georgia defense. Jim Chaney is probably the the utmost expert on that because he lived it for uh for three years. And so mm-hmm. uh, how did what Kurt uh Kyler how does that play in? I mean I, I think it's uh I think it helps because Chaney because you know he did go against this defense quite a few times in practice. Um he saw you know even if it was guys that you know didn't quite play yet you know, he saw him on scout team versus his offense and, you know, saw him as like, oh, that guy's going to be really good. And now that guy's starting. So 
he knows the individuals. You know, when he does his scouting report and talks to the players this week, I'm sure he's going to be like, hey, you need to watch out for this guy. I saw him in practice for, you know, three years. He was he was a dog. So um, I think that helps. And it, it also helps because there's something that you guys do on third down where you bring in defensive ends and linebackers and they're standing up. All of them are standing up, moving around to where it confuses the offensive line. They don't know which one is the down lineman or which one is a cover linebacker, um, which is a, a great thing to do as a defensive coach to confuse offensive linemen. So even if you do rush four, they don't pick up everyone. Um, and I think that's going to be most important is the scouting report, offensive line, knowing like, oh, hey, he's a down lineman. He's not a linebacker. We need to count him in our four down linemen and then the extra guy on top. Um, and if you're able to you know, pick that up, then you can block it. But a lot of times, sacks come because offensive line doesn't see what's out there. They don't see the blitz coming. They don't understand before the play starts. So in packages like that, Kyler, how, how are you guys taught as far as picking out the, the down four and picking out the mic and setting your protections? So, like I said, it, it, it's scouting. Um, so, before the game, if you're if you're coming into it and it's like, hey, number seven is a defensive end. He's not a linebacker. Number 51 is a linebacker. He's not a defensive end. And number 48 is a defensive end. He's not a lot. Like, understanding, you know, okay, this guy I know is a defensive end from the scouting report. He's a guy who's going to come. Like, he's not going to – they're not going to drop him in coverage. They're going to try and drop one of the linebackers in coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know – uh, we would never, you know, when I played, Leonard Floyd was there. He was the, you know, best defensive lineman there at the time. And it was, hey, where's where's 84? Like, yeah. we need to make sure we're blocking him and not trying to, like, block a linebacker and let him, you know, be blocked by the running back or a tight end or go free. Uh, so it's, like, keying on those guys. Um, and there's most likely going to be twists and games with that. So getting your depth. uh understanding you're gonna have to trade stuff off because it's a whole different animal when it's one-on-one and when you don't know if that guy's coming for your ear to pick you and loop around it's a it's a totally different uh ball game there yeah israel i mean you know what what do you think as far as that goes you know from the defensive perspective um you know how do you how do you see is uh you know things you can do in that type style of defense as far as mixing things up and being able to drop guys off, bring guys from different angles and stuff like that. Um, it's tough. You know, like you mentioned, you know, if, if you don't see it at practice and you, you don't go over it in your scout report, then you'll never pick it up. Um, for my guys in particular, you know, I drop every single front that they, that they, that they throw out. Even if it's a 2% chance that they run it, there's a possibly a chance they're going to run against us. So I also put that in the scouting report. And uh, identifying your linebackers and who's a D lineman and who's coming in and who's coming out. I um, mean, just understanding the situations. If it's third and long, what are they doing? Is it second and short, what are they doing? So it's basically just making sure that your men up front know exactly what they're doing. Um, and and, that, and like in my offense, we stay big on big um, unless there's a linebacker coming outside and we fan it. And then my running uh, back's got Mike coming up the middle if he blitzes. So um, it's just identifying who who's who. Um, don't get confused. Um, the main thing, like I tell my guys, and I know Tennessee's talking with their guys too, is play with your eyes, okay? Don't don't get confused by what you see. Play with your eyes, play an assignment, and, and you'll be fine because Georgia's going to throw some stuff at them, um, just mm-hmm. like last year. Georgia's going to throw some stuff at you that you've probably never seen before. As long as you stay disciplined, play with your eyes, I think that that will help you 
as an offensive lineman, especially with Tennessee doing what Georgia's going to do. Yeah, and uh, one of the things that's, that's emerging, and I think Jim Chaney's starting to kind of figure out, is the RPO game, uh, Kyler. What and do you expect to see a lot of that? Um, I do. Uh, we do like to use it a lot. Um, I don't necessarily completely trust uh, Garantano in making the exact right decisions. Um, there was some times in the previous game where he should have just handed it off. I hope he sees that the strength of our team is running the ball um, and wants to hand it off more than trying to pass it on the edge or the bubble. Um, Cause he almost had an interception last week uh, versus Missouri trying to do that, trying to pull the ball out and throw it out to the edge. Um, I, I, you know, I, I love running the ball and setting up play action, not necessarily uh, RPO. Um, it was better. RPO was better when we had Dobbs back there. And if it did break down, he could run it himself. Mm-hmm. Um, but Garantano isn't quite as athletic as Dobbs. So I don't know if I, uh, Completely love the RPO. I'd rather just run, 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 play action, run, 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 play action. Yeah. I yeah, mean, last year you guys animal. killed us with it. Oh, go ahead, Cor, go ahead. No, that's all I was going to say. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Last year y'all killed us with it. that first quarter, first quarter and a half. I mean, Coach Chaney had it dialed up. He was throwing RPOs left and right, and it, and it worked to perfection. You know, if, if, you can, if you can get people on RPOs, I mean, that opens up your playbook a lot more because – Defenses don't know whether you're going to throw it, you're going to pass it, you're going to drop back. You know, it brings a different element to your game. And for that first quarter and a half, you know, y'all had us on our heels last year with that. Um, so, I know I know weather's going to play a factor in that, and I don't think you want to do RPOs when it's raining a whole lot. Um, but if you can incorporate a little bit um, in your offense, you know, it definitely helps. And the quarterback pulling the trigger on those RPOs was different. It was Brian Maurer, um, who I think still has nightmares about Eric Stokes. Um, so, let's talk quarterbacks. <laughs> Um, you know, what's been the biggest difference between Guarantano last year coming into this year? Uh, I think uh, he has a little more confidence back there because he trusts his offensive line. Um, when you're not running for your life or scared you're going to get hit, you can make some better decisions. That, that's uh, true. And I think also Coach Chaney has figured out who he is as a quarterback um, mm-hmm. and tailored the offense around that. He understands – that, you know, Garantano's not the gunslinger and can throw for 500 yards, and he's not the runner like a Dobbs is uh, and can, you know, run the ball 15 times. He's like a Ryan Tannehill. He's a game manager. Um, You know, he'll try and keep the ball protected, won't give it away, can hand it off really well. Uh, So with that, I think Chaney's figured it out and has made him comfortable back there. And, and I mean, you're going to play with confidence as a quarterback if you got an offensive line like he does. Uh, makes your job a lot easier. Oh, no doubt. I mean, when I mean, last year from this year for, for my high school team, we figured out the quarterback situation, and we are light years ahead of where we were last year. So um, that's, a, that's a big deal. And, and for Georgia, you know, they got some quarterback – Questions to uh, to figure out themselves. I mean, I, I think you know you have Stetson Bennett who has started to take off, and, and it looks like he's starting to run away with the job. Uh, Israel, is this the week that Stetson runs away with the job, and and we don't even think about JT this year? I think so. Yeah, I think injury? if he if if the weather um, doesn't phase him, and he has that same look on his face he had last week, 
Um, I think I think he's got it. You know, he comes out and performs as well as he did last week. Um, the, obviously, um, Tennessee's a different different booger, you know. So um, if he comes out prepared and he stays calm like he did last week and takes the shots and manages the game like he did last week, I mean, I, I think it's his. I think it's his to lose. Yeah. And I think it's his. I thought it was his to lose after Arkansas game, you know. Yeah. And then he came out against Auburn and showed what he can do. So, I mean, as long as the mailman keeps delivering those packages and those Ws, I mean, I'm good with it. He can roll as long as he wants to. What's his best quality? Just, just his demeanor. You know, he doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low. Um, he takes what they give him. I'm telling you, that play where um, Big Cat was coming off the edge and he he spun out and made that made that throw to uh, Karis Johnson, I mean, any other quarterback back there, I think, takes a sack right there. But he saw it. He spun out of it and makes a big play on third down. And then we end up scoring on that drive. So that mm-hmm. experience by him and being calm in that situation, not panicking, showed showed a lot for me. And after that, I've I've been a mailman fan ever since. Yeah, no, no doubt. And I think it's this is going to be the week that you know, you're going to see what he can do week in and week out. So does he put together two back to back stellar performances against two really good? Uh, teams. I mean, I, I think Tennessee. A lot of people are sleeping on Tennessee's defense. We'll we'll, we'll jump over to Tennessee's defense. Um, you know, a lot of people are are thinking, well, Tennessee hasn't been. You know, Tennessee's been a circled win for the last five years uh, for a lot mm-hmm. of teams, and defensively has been uh, nothing short of a struggle uh, to to field a, a legitimate unit. I think finally they're starting to get the pieces uh, that they want. You know, we know about Henry Toto, right? We we know about him. Uh, give me some of the other guys, uh, especially in the back end. Uh, you know, who should we watch for? Who's emerging? Who's somebody that Georgia fans are going to be like? Who is this guy, and why? You know, why did we? <laughs> why did we not know about him? Yeah. So uh, one is Alante Taylor. He's our uh, starting corner. He reminds me of a Jalen Ramsey, uh, and I've made this comparison with him before. He plays up tempo. A uh, ton of effort, shoots his gun. He gets after. He's a guy who can really make an open field tackle if a ball gets to the edge. He's not going to play footsie with the wide receiver. He's he's breaking through that block and and trying to take out a running back's legs. Which a lot of times when you see that in corners, that, that's what you want. If you have a corner just like getting blocked by the wide receiver, he doesn't really have that dog mentality in him. And I also. Uh, love the effort Alante has. We have two interceptions this season, and he was the lead blocker on both of them because he wanted to be, because he wanted, it, you know, to be the lead blocker. He wanted to make sure his other, the other guys on the defense shine. Um, so that's what I like to see out of corners is that effort. It's not necessarily all about them. Um, and honestly, like, I would not be surprised if there's like some jawing back and forth and you see it on the TV copy between him and, you know, one of your wide receivers, maybe even probably. a running back. It'll be it, Pickens it, he jaws it, with. Yeah, it'll, it'll happen. <laughs> uh, I, I totally believe that because it's a high energy game, 330 CVS. That's, that's always, uh, it's always a big one. Well, that's a matchup I'm looking forward to. Uh, Alante Taylor versus George Pickens, uh, you know, and, and I'm I'm curious to see how Tennessee is going to figure out. They've got that matchup figured out, I, I guess, as much as you can, because Pickens is a Pickens is a stud. Um, yeah. But how do you, you know, you know, how do you stop Kyrus Jackson, who had a huge game against Auburn? Um, what do they do with uh, with tight end Darnell Washington, who looks like LeBron out there? Yeah, I think I think the 
the only way to do it is to try and confuse Bennett. Um, I don't think there's any way that you can just man up across the board and be able to stop every weapon you guys have. I think it's, you know, confusing the look, making it look like zone running man or making it look like man running zone, having some blitzes come off the edges um, and trying to confuse him and make him throw it into a window that probably isn't there. Uh, I think that's the only way that you can play versus them. It's, it's, it's the same as like, you know, playing against the Kansas City Chiefs where you just have too many weapons out in the field. You can't man up everybody and expect to win the game. you got to confuse the quarterback, make him make a mistake. Um, and that's going to be tough because your guys' run offense is insane. It's, you know, just like ours where you got big old boys up front and you're moving the pile. And, I, I mean, like, I don't remember a negative yardage play versus Auburn. Uh, right. You know, I, I watched the game again and, like, it's just always four yards, five yards, and then you'll bust one for 15 and another four, you know, it's just constant. So it's, it's going to be a very uh, tough game. I think it'll be a fast game though, because we're both going to be running the ball a lot. um, And we'll both end up probably 20 points region, you know, 24, 27, 27 to maybe 30, something like that. In Israel, Georgia offensively, I think, in order to beat a defense that is uh, that is predicated on stuffing your run and confusing the quarterback, I think uh, the the importance, the utmost importance of winning first down uh, is paramount in this game. I thought they did a tremendous job on first down against Auburn. Uh, they were always five, six, seven yards um, ahead of the chains, uh, and that led to explosive plays. You know, how, how does winning first down, winning second down? Uh, going to affect this game and and how does it you know for either team really uh is that is that a huge factor it's very huge especially for a kid like Stetson Bennett um just keep him comfortable you know keep him comfortable whether he's in the pocket and keep him comfortable when he's handing it off and making reads and stuff like that so um staying ahead of the change is going to be huge especially if if there is a factor it's definitely going to be huge um and just keeping your keeping your your offense calm keeping your defense off the field um, just game, just managing the game is going to be perfect this weekend against Tennessee. I completely agree. I think both of our defenses are going to try and do the exact same thing to our offenses is get them in second and third and longs as much as we can and make the quarterbacks beat us because the strength of both of our offenses is the run game and not necessarily the quarterbacks. So I think they're both going to have the same game plan going into it. Yeah, but one thing that I noticed last week, and I think Auburn kind of exposed us a little bit, is that our perimeter blocking is not up to par. Um, we had through a couple of bubble screens this uh, this past week, and it was like, what are we doing? Like, if you just get in front of the man, just body him up, you know? Um, so um, I think if Tennessee's even remotely physical on on the perimeter, I think that's going that's going to cause a problem as well. Um, but at the same time, from week to week, we saw that Georgia's gotten better at some particular part of the game. And I think this week, um, I think they worked on perimeter blocking this week. Well, I hope they did. Um, so I think that that's going to come, that's going to be a factor too. Cause if you can steal three, four yards and just run a bubble, um, a bubble screen and a quick screen and stuff like that, I think you stay ahead of chance too. And like I say, if weather's a factor, those little throws, those little short throws come in handy. Oh yeah, they definitely do. And you know, you'll see de- defenses in the rain, try to clamp down as much as possible and try to force, um, try to force, errors and, and try to get quarterbacks to make decisions they wouldn't normally make under under duress. So uh 
Kyler, I'm going to start with you. Uh, what is your three biggest keys uh, for this game? Tennessee, again, is uh, 12.5-point underdogs. Uh, so give me your three keys and, and uh, tell me how you think this game is going to shake out. So uh, three keys. One would be um, controlling the line of scrimmage. It's the biggest one, I think, uh, you know, being able to move the defensive line of Georgia and then being able to hold that offensive line back um, as, a, as a defense. You know, we, we have had pretty good games of, of rush defense, but it gets a whole, you know, it's a whole other animal when you have talented wide receivers and tight ends that can get open on those um, play-action passes and things like that to try and hold the run game and also cover. Um, number two would be pressure on the quarterback. We have to disguise some blitzes, uh, be able to get in his face, make him uncomfortable back there. Um, you know, he's done well the past two games. He really has been it, and he's he showed out. And I do think he has that spot solidified. But it, still, he's new to this, right? He's new to the SEC play, so trying to make him uncomfortable as possible. And then third is with our offense, keep it simple. Don't get extravagant. Don't try and um, force balls anywhere. Um, don't, you know, huge trick plays or anything like that. Keep it simple. Run the ball. Get some RPOs going, possibly across the middle. I would trust that a little bit more because uh, I think those linebackers are really going to be stuffing the hole. That's, you know, what they want to do to try and prevent the run. Um, so maybe some RPOs across the middle, some play actions with crossing routes, because once you start running the ball, defense is going man. And if you can get crossing routes going, that's how you can beat them. Um, so just keeping it simple. Don't get, don't get too outside of the box with Karen, Garantano back there. Israel, three keys, man. What, what, what is the most important things that stand out to you about this matchup? Uh, number one, how we handle the weather, um, if it is a factor. Um, Number two, um, how does our offense do in the weather? Um, you know, do, do we go with a more running attack? Uh, do we go with a more passing attack if, if the weather's great? Um, or do we just keep it balanced like we did last game? Um, and, last, and the last thing is make the quarterback uncomfortable defensively, just like we did with Knicks. Make him uncomfortable back there. Send pressure, hit him, um, make him understand that he is in Athens. This is Sanford Stadium, and this is how we do things. And um, I think if we do that, make him uncomfortable, he'll make a mistake. Um, confuse the offensive line. Um, they're big. Um, stay, stay, follow your keys and stay on track. And um, I think Georgia comes out with a victory. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with uh, both your points. I think controlling a line of scrimmage is going to be uh, paramount on both sides of the ball. Whoever controls it best is going to, I think, going to come out victorious in this. Um, special teams, don't be afraid to punt. Uh, use your punter as a weapon. I think Georgia has a stellar punter in Jake Camarda. I uh, can't speak for Tennessee, but uh, Tennessee usually has a pretty good punter, so I, I expect uh, much of the same on that. So uh, be able to flip the field and understand that your defense is going to work. Uh, your defense is going to go to work, and, and they're good, and they can they can maintain this good field position. So uh, don't be afraid to punt. Use your, use your, use your punter as a weapon. Uh, also, I think try to steal a possession somewhere within special teams, try to make a play, try to get a turnover, uh, try to get a big return that, uh, that flips the field right back, uh, on, you know, on the opponent, you know, 
you get a good punt return that would likely flip the field in favor of uh, the punting team. You get a good return, it flips it back in your favor. So I think that's going to be important as well. The coverage units uh, is going to be important, tackling in open space. That's going to be a huge deal, especially if the weather's a factor. How do you how do you tackle an open space in special teams? How do you how do you block and tackle an open space on offense and defense? Uh, you know those things are, are going to come into uh, come into play when you're one on one battles. Uh, you know, eventually, it's going to come down to a one on one battle. Somebody's going to somebody's going to get beat. The schemes are solid. The se- the schemes are 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 great. Both sides of the ball, uh, both teams. So I think it's going to come down to who can win their individual battles. And, and who can who can take advantage of that and so uh, you, and that's going to be that's going to be a huge factor and then Israel you hit the nail on the head uh, or both of you did really with uh, with making the quarterbacks uncomfortable getting shots on them knocking them to the ground things like that that rattles a quarterback it rattled Felipe Franks it rattled Bo Nix uh, the teams couldn't get shots on Stetson Bennett did not rattle him uh, teams did that to Dewan Mathis and that's why we are where we are um, so affecting the quarterback psyche uh with 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 hits even if it's not a sack just just pressure and hits uh will will also do the trick so uh tennessee is 12 and a half point favorites i see tennessee covering this i see georgia winning by at the most 10 points um and so i think i think tennessee's going to cover that um and i think it's going to be one of those it's going to be a depth battle it's going to be a strength and conditioning battle it's going to come down to you know does tennessee have quality depth at this point Maybe they do, maybe they don't. Uh, if they don't, they will really soon because they're recruiting like a like a well-oiled machine. So it's coming. Uh, just maybe not this year. So I see Georgia winning this by, you know, by a score of like twenty-seven, uh, seventeen, probably. Is this kind of how I see it? So I don't know if I completely agree with you <laughs> on that. Um, <laughs> I'm always going to root for the Vols, obviously. Uh, I but, expect uh, different. Yeah, I think it'll be a lot closer than that. I think the 12.5 points is really high. I know Georgia's done really well this year, but kind of what I said earlier, they haven't been tested in the run game much. Right. Um, and uh, I, like I said, too, Georgia and Tennessee games are always close. There's only a few that have been, you know, ridiculous blowouts. Um, the butch, butch you know, even when, yeah, even when, uh, you know, Tennessee hasn't been good and Georgia's in the top 10 ranking and it's still a close game. It's not, it's not, you know, out of hand or anything like that. So, uh, I think it's closer than you, you would think. I do think it's going to be low scoring. Like you said, um, I expect maybe a 24, 21 Tennessee win or a 27, 24 Tennessee win. Okay. Tyler's taking the balls. Uh, All right, Israel, break this tie, man. I'm taking I'm, the balls and the points, but I'm taking the Georgia victory. I'm taking the Georgia victory, but I'm 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 with um I'm with him. I think it's going to be if if weather's a factor. I think it's a I think it's a seven point ball game, uh, 2013, 27-20, something like that. If it's not a factor, um, I think it's going to be high scoring. You know, Tennessee, the Tennessee Georgia game is usually uh, a high scoring game. Um, just depending on how everything falls. Um, so I think the weather's a factor. If weather's a factor, I think it's a at least a seven-point ball game. Um, if it's not a factor, um, I think it's going to be a shootout. If everybody does what they're supposed to do, um, I think it's going to be a shootout, and I think Georgia still comes out on top. All right. Well, there, there's the, there you have it. Two, uh, 
two Georgia uh, outright victories, and I think we're all taking <laughs> Tennessee in the points. So if you're if you're a betting person, uh, take Tennessee in the points at at the very least. Uh, if if they don't win outright, so uh, our next game, uh, we'll we'll pick this one. Uh, it's the Kyles of uh, Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts uh, traveling to College Station to take on the Aggies. Uh, somehow Texas A&M is still ranked. I don't know how, and Florida's only six and a half point favorites. I don't understand that as well. I consider that easy money. I'm taking the Gators. I think the Gators are going to destroy and dismantle. Jimbo and, and the Aggies. What do you guys think? I'll start with you, Kyler. Uh, I completely agree with you. Uh, Trash is playing out of his mind this year. Uh, really kind of scares me uh, for the competition, you know, whenever we end up playing them later in the season. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I don't know why Texas A&M is as high as they are, um, you know, ranked-wise. I I definitely the six and a half points is I mean it should be more like the Tennessee Georgia game where it's twelve yeah. and a half you know getting up to the two touchdown range I mean I think Florida is going to roll with this um, and definitely take them with the with the points Israel can anyone cover Kyle Pitts uh, that's going to be a negative until he plays us um, <laughs> Alabama pretty much beat Texas A and M in base defense last week um, and we pretty much know what. Uh, Coach Matthews going to do to him. He's going to heat uh, Kellen Mond up, and Kellen Mond is going to have to make decisions, and we've all seen what happens when he has to make decisions. So um, I think that spread – I think the, the points are very low. Um, unless unless they're going to get some rain or some bad weather, um, I think the Cows and the Tonys of the world are going to light it up. So I'm taking Florida. Yeah, they're being very generous to Texas A&M. I don't know if it's just, it's just because they're being nice. I don't know. But um, another game, uh, this game is definitely affected by weather. This game is now slated to take place at Memorial Stadium in Colum- Columbia, Missouri. Uh, the the Tigers now host the uh, the Bayou Bengals, LSU. Uh, LSU is 14-point favorites. Until proven otherwise, I'm taking LSU. They kind of woke up, albeit against Vandy, uh, but they did wake up. Terrace Marshall did finally show up and and uh, play like a number one receiver. Uh, and uh, so I, I have no reason not to take LSU in this game. I think Stingley's still playing himself back into shape, but you know he'll he'll uh, he'll bounce back in a big way. So give me the Tigers in this one in a home road game in Missouri. So give me give me LSU minus fourteen. Yeah, I would I would agree with you. I'm going LSU too. Um, you know what I j- just saw from Missouri when we played them last week is they're not a great team um defense doesn't really understand what's going on out there they can get confused easily and their offense is just now trying to figure out their identity they had no idea what they were doing versus bama in the first week um they i think they found a quarterback um in bezalik i think that's how you say his name um but uh, they're they're still trying to understand exactly what they're good at Right now, is, so is I think Dooley LSU still wins the, big. Is Dooley still the OC there? Um, I don't think, I think so. He, I think he's uh, yeah, I don't. Else. I don't think he is anymore. Um, with the coaching change, I haven't. I haven't really looked into it. I'll have to look that up. Um, Israel, give me your pick. Um, I, where, where is my LSU Tiger head? Um, it's somewhere <laughs> around here. Um, <laughs> I don't think. I don't think Missouri's there uh, by any means. Um especially um, with what I saw last week against Tennessee and especially what I saw against Alabama. 
Um, I think if uh, LSU plays the way they played last week and the offense continues to thrive like they did last week, I think it's going to be – I think it's going to be a whooping um, with uh, with those guys this, this weekend. So I'm taking LSU. All right. Uh, Dooley is with the New York Giants. So I guess that explains they've only scored three offensive touchdowns all season long. So <laughs> yeah. there you go. There's hey, your answer. Garrett, Garrett's calling the offense. So it makes a whole lot of sense. It does. It mm. really does. I And, oh, man, it's it's bad. It's bad to watch. So um, South Carolina comes to Nashville um, as 13.5-point favorites over Vanderbilt. Uh, Over-under is set at 41.5. Vanderbilt looked really good against Texas A&M, albeit a loss. Uh, came back down to earth a little bit. The freshman Kenny Seals looked like a freshman. South Carolina continuing to show that uh, they're improving. Uh, they hung with Florida offensively. They've just got to find some horses on defense. They just don't have uh, the talent right now. Uh, to uh, They lost a lot to the NFL, and they just haven't been able to replenish. Uh, offensively, they're starting to figure some things out. They are 13.5-point favorites. Do they cover? I'm taking South Carolina. I think they will. Um, they start to figure things out week in and week out, and I think they will cover the 13.5 on the road at Vandy. I do too. I think, you know, the uh, two losses to us and, and, and uh, Florida doesn't really give them justice. I think South Carolina is a, is a pretty good team. Um, you know, I definitely see them as, you know, number four in the East behind Georgia, Florida, us, them. Um, and I definitely think they can take it to Vandy, uh, you know, especially just like seeing what LSU just did to them. Um, and now, like you said, it's just their defense – coming to understand themselves a little bit more, they would be even more competitive when it comes to these games. Absolutely. Israel, does uh, Coach Bobo get it done? I think Bobo gets it done. I don't think he's ever lost against Vandy. I could be wrong, but I don't think he has. And I think um, I think Vandy's about to face a, a hungry South Carolina team that's ready to get that first W, you know, ready to stop the noise. And um, I, think, I think they cover, and I think they win big this weekend. Absolutely. That's a great pick. So that that so if I say it's a great pick, that means Vandy Vandy by twenty. Um, <laughs> Why'd you jinx us like that? I know, right? No. I got to knock on some wood somewhere. Um, su- uh, a surprisingly great matchup, uh, and I say surprisingly because honestly, I didn't expect much out of out of Arkansas. Uh, but they come in one and one after a huge win last week against Mississippi State. Auburn is still thirteen and a half point favorites. The over under set at forty seven. Do we buy that at Jordan Air? Does Auburn rebound? Does Arkansas cover? How do we see this? Uh, I think I think Arkansas is going to cover this thing. They may or may not win, uh, but if they if they lose, they're going to cover. If they don't outright win, so I'm taking the Hogs in the points at the very least. I would agree with you there. I, I do I do believe that Arkansas will make it a closer game. I think Georgia showed the weaknesses of Auburn last week. Um, put it on tape so now teams can see oh this is what we need to do to slow down that offense you know it it, it it's something that uh you know I know coach Pittman's you know first time head coach but uh the greatest thing about him because I had him as an offensive line coach at UT for a year is he gets guys to play for him he he can motivate anyone to play for him um and he was a great recruiter. That's why you guys, your offensive line's out of this world. I mean, that's why Cade Mays went there. The, the guy, he knows how to motivate people. He knows how to get people in, you know, the right mindset to go out there and perform. And um, 
I think Arkansas will make it a closer game. I think the talent on defense that Auburn has and, you know, some of the different pieces they have on offense will make it kind of tough for Arkansas to overcome, but I do think they make it a close game. Israel, how do you see this one? I'm taking Arkansas. Um, from what I saw last week and what I saw against that first half against us, um, and like I say all the time, Barry Odom is a dang good defensive coordinator. Um, he's going to have them ready to go. Um, I think if Arkansas doesn't win, like you said, outright, I think I think they cover. Um, and it's all and, and in that game, it's all about whose quarterback gets gets rattled first. Uh, we know we saw what Felipe France does when he gets rattled. We saw what Nitz does when he when he gets rattled. It's about whose defense can can get it going. And if Arkansas, I think if Arkansas can keep Nicks and that Auburn Tiger offense out of the end zone, I think Arkansas has a great chance of winning, personally, because you know Arkansas is going to be physical on defense. Um, you know that offensive line is going to be physical up front. So mm-hmm. um, if they can get it done and they, they play just a little bit better than they played against Mississippi State, I think Arkansas has a great chance of winning this game. Absolutely. And I think one of the things they can hurt them with is their own medicine, which is going tempo. So uh, Kendall Bryles is, is starting to really integrate his offense there. I think they're really starting to kind of get a groove there. And Traylon, Traylon Smith is, is about as talented as they get. Um, and Traylon Burks as well is about as talented as they get. The two Traylons uh, for Arkansas. So the Florida has the Kyles. Arkansas has the <laughs> Traylons. So, um, but yeah, I, I like Arkansas to, to at least cover. 13.5 is a very generous spread in that game. Mm-hmm. Talk. Moving on, talking about generous spreads, uh, Vaught-Hemingway Stadium, uh, the Ole Miss Rebs, they welcome the number two ranked Alabama Crimson Tide. The Tide are 24-point road favorites. That is ridiculous. Um, the over-under is set at 69.5. I say it's ridiculous, but I do think they're going to cover this thing because Ole Miss is just going to run out of gas. I think they're going to score with them uh, early on, but I just think they're going to run out of gas uh Alabama is just too talented with uh, with all the receivers they got, especially Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith. So um, how do you guys see this one? I don't know. I, I feel like that, you know, that 24 points is, is really high, um, especially for a Lane Kiffin uh, run team. The way Lane works is – he'll surprise you. You you don't, you don't always know what's going to happen with him. And, uh, you know, I think he knows Alabama pretty well, um, coaching there, no saving pretty well. I do think Alabama wins outright. Um, but I, I think Ole Miss would cover this spread. Israel. Um, after watching what Alabama did to Texas A&M last week and watching what Ole Miss's defense did against Kentucky, I think Alabama's going going to get it this week. I mean, we as, as me and you talked the other day, if they can't stop the run and Alabama's going to run the football, we all know that, and they got some horses back there. So um, I think Alabama's going to – I think Alabama's going to cover. And hopefully it's close. We know – we all know that Ole Miss can, can score points at any point, but I think the monster that Alabama has right now and that chip that they have on their shoulder is going to be too much for Ole Miss. And one thing that people don't realize when Lane Kiffin said that Coach Saban couldn't cover him. Um, he addressed it yesterday in his press conference. You didn't see the look he had on his face when he walked off that podium. And he looked like, I'm about to stick it to Ole Miss when we play them. So go back and look at his press conference yesterday, and it's priceless. So yeah. I think Alabama's going to cover, and I think Alabama's going to win big. Yep. 
I'm 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 in agreement there. Obviously, uh, partially because Ole Miss doesn't have the horses, and partially because Nick Saban has been tweaked. So Nick Saban has that you know same effect of you uh, you tweak Michael Jordan, he's gonna drop he's gonna drop fifty on your head in the first half. Uh, same with Saban. Uh, so that's that's dangerous. Be careful what you wish for. So uh, our last game, the ultimate disappointment bowl uh, at the world's largest uh, grocery bag at Kroger Field in Lexington. <laughs> uh, this is pretty much a pick 'em. Uh, Kentucky is favored by two points, but that really doesn't mean much uh, because. Any any sort of win, uh, will will we'll cover a spread typically in football. Uh, so, uh, Kentucky's at home. Uh, Mississippi State one and one after coming off a very convincing win against LSU. Uh, again, uh, let down against Arkansas. Out physical. Does Kentucky do the same thing? I think Mississippi State's going to have the bounce back here because I think Mississippi State is going to uh, be too much and overwhelm Kentucky. You saw what Kentucky did with the team like Ole Miss. Mississippi State is very similar, if not even more so, uh, Blitzkrieg than than Ole Miss. So I'm taking State here. Uh, I think they're going to win by – I mean, they'll win by a touchdown, I think. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sold on Mississippi State right now. I know they had that win versus LSU, but I think, you know, first week, LSU still trying to figure things out. Um, and Kentucky is Kentucky. Uh, I, it's a tough game, like you said, but I, I think to, I think Kentucky wins this. Um, what did you say their point spread was on it? Kentucky was favored by two. So Vegas okay. doesn't even know what to do with it. Yeah, yeah, they have no idea. Um, yeah, I, I think it's it's not an interesting game for sure, but um, I cannot put faith in Mississippi State. They haven't been good since Dak Prescott was there, so right. I, I'm going with uh, I'm going with Kentucky on this one. Israel does Osiris does Osiris Mitchell get go off and and, and lead lead them to victory, or or is it Kentucky for you? Man, this is a tough one. Um, not one that I'm particularly interested in, but. I think Mississippi State bounced back. We saw last week that Kentucky couldn't stop the four pass last week against Ole Miss. So, um, if if Mississippi State can get going offensively and they can throw the ball around, I think it's going to be get real ugly. And Kentucky's going to have to manage the clock by running the football. So, this is a toss up for me, but I think I'm going to go Mississippi State in this one. I, I think I think I'm I think I'm going to go Mississippi State simply because I think that they can throw the ball on Kentucky. After after what we saw last week, no doubt. I mean, I think Kentucky does struggle with the pass. Uh, you saw that in the second half of the Ole Miss game. The only reason that game was a game was because they struggle defending the forward pass. So uh, that's why I'm picking. You know, that's why I'm picking Mississippi State. So that's going to do it for this show. Uh, big game tomorrow, two thirty CBS. Vols and Dogs uh, from Sanford Stadium between the hedges. Uh, lots of good games on before and after, so lots of a great SEC slate week three. Uh, we're going to see a dismantling of Florida. That's going to start our day off, and then we'll probably end with the disappointment bowl in the uh, in the grocery bag. So, um, <laughs> for Kyler Kirbyson, uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, Believe in Vols is uh, is his show. You can find him anywhere that you can uh, access a podcast. You can reach out to him on uh, social media for Israel troop at Troopstar 28, reach out to him, give him some love uh, for the show. Uh, I am Corey Burton. This is believe in Georgia dogs. 
believe in at believe in dogs on Facebook, Twitter, and Facebook. Find us, like us, subscribe anywhere you find your podcast. Want to thank our sponsor, BetOnline.ag. I'm gonna probably drop some money there. Uh, I'm gonna actually probably fade my own picks and make some money. <laughs> so uh, for that, uh, that'll do it for us. And uh, as always, go dogs. Go dogs. Go balls. <laughs> This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.